0: It's supposed to be Yo, yo, Welcome to a WNS9+. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim. We got Tyler. We have ourselves a very special guest tonight. We have LSU's coach, Jay Johnson. How's it going, Jay? Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Good to be on with you. Appreciate it. So we had an MLB draft recently. Uh, The Pirates are number one (laughs) in the draft. Had a couple of options. We thought, you know, what better person to get on right now and the person that coached both of them this year, so uh, how is first off, I guess, congratulations on the season, congratulations on winning the championship! Thank you. Um, that's something that us as Pirates fans can't really hang on to. So, what's it like winning a championship? <laughs> Pretty awesome,
1: yeah. Um, you know, been in the finals twice in the last seven years, and uh, I like this outcome better than the last one. So, uh, I highly recommend playing for a championship. I recommend more winning the actual last game of the championship, but great team. And if um, you guys, you were referencing um, obviously helped lead us there and
2: special guys. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask real quick and again, congrats on the season. Pretty impressive to how, like I, this is the first time in history where school had one and two in the draft. So that's, I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be huge. Um, but Going into the year, what's interesting about LSU baseball and, uh, you know, going into the year, Dylan Cruz was kind of like the consensus number one pick. Uh, Pirates fans were tuning into LSU games all year to, to see future Pirate Dylan Cruz. Um, and, you know, eventually along the line, along the way. You know, they they discovered, hey, there's another really good kid here at LSU. His name is Paul Skeens. Um, Yeah, I want to say it was probably that first Tennessee start he made against Chase Dolander where he like I think Pirates fans were like, oh, this guy's really really good. Um, That's when we realized it. When did I I I know you you knew Dylan Cruz's talent? You've you've coached him for this is his third year now with you. At what point did you realize? oh, wow, I I might be coaching the top two players in the country.
1: You know, I never really thought about it in that regard. I think going into the season, like looking at, at Dylan and his track record that he had done for two years, and then even prior to that as a high school player, you know, Team USA, all of those things, I think he was probably about a surefire – for sure. Number one pick is anybody that I can remember, you know, maybe since like Steven Strasburg or Bryce Harper, Richmond, Richmond definitely fell into that category. Um, So those are the guys that I was kind of associating Dylan with, and he had the total season this year to validate that. Like, I mean, he didn't do anything that he didn't need to do to be the number one pick. Then as Paul was kind of doing what he was doing For me, I never thought about it. It's like, well, do the Pirates need a pitcher or do they need a center fielder? Because either way, they're getting a Hall of Fame person. They're both phenomenal people, uh, highest character out of both of them, and their special talents that their skill shows up to help their team win. So for me, the only thing I thought about was, and I didn't know the Pirates roster situation or farm system or any of those things, do they need a pitcher? or do they need a position player? And for me, that was always going to be what the decision was about.
3: So, Coach, when we talk about Paul Skeens, obviously a transfer mayor force, a lot has been made about that. Two-way guy there. What exactly was it about him that enticed you to bring him over to LSU? Um, Obviously, he took off more than I think any of us could have imagined, but what was it about him that made you really excited about him? You know,
1: I think having some history with him um, as a freshman, I was still at Arizona Air Force came and played us in a tournament with us in Wichita State and coach Kaz at Air Force, who's a very good friend of mine. We were just standing down the line, you know, prior to them playing Wichita State and catching up and talking. And he's like, Hey, I got this freshman. I'm like, Kaz, Paul Skeens, I know who you're talking about. You know what I mean? He goes, he's not going to be able to stay at the Academy for his third year because of the military service contract that comes along with being in the Academy for three years. I don't know the exact specifics of it, but that's what I took away from it. So way before LSU was even remotely, a thing for me, I was like, well, why don't you do me a solid and give me a heads up if he's going to go ahead and move along and we would definitely want him here. Well, that night, uh, we played air force and we had a great team, went to the college world series that year. Uh, we lost or we were losing three to two. There was a close play at second base. This was before replay. And I went out there and I got ejected <laughs> from the game. <laughs> so, so like literally like 30 minutes later, it was the ninth inning. They were ahead maybe five to two. And Paul came in, and just completely dominated us to close out the game. And so we played Air Force again, I believe the next morning. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll confirm what I told you. If this dude's going to transfer, like, I want him." Yeah. <laughs> I think he had a couple of hits that night too, or hit a double, if I'm not mistaken. And so, then following them last year, he obviously had a great season at Air Force as a sophomore on both sides of the ball. They made qualified for the NCA tournament, which that was either the first time at Air Force or had been a long time since Air Force had played in the NCA tournament. He was the you know Mountain West Player of the Year team usa guy you know for the second time and uh, had a pretty good idea he was going in the portal through my connections with coach kaz so we actually lost the regional final to southern miss um great team and we were going back to our hotel before we were going to head back to baton rouge and i just clicked on the portal and saw i was in there and i'm crushed our season's over so it's like okay, what do I need to make sure we get past this point and get to Omaha? I need an ace. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I picked up the phone, called him. We had a good conversation about eight or nine minutes just to start it out. Uh, probably five or six days later, I actually flew out to Colorado Springs, sat down with him, kind of went through this is what we're going to do development plan on both sides of the ball because that was completely the intention. And we just kind of stayed in touch. And he he's a special human being, which we'll get into and talk about more, but had a very deliberate process of how he was going to choose where he was going to play for his junior year or his draft year. So we continued to talk on the phone. He played for Team USA, made Team USA. I flew out to North Carolina one time just to watch him. Mean, it wasn't even a game he was pitching. It was just to basically – touch base, how you doing? You know, and and Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan from our team were also on the team. So that was helpful. And then he did a series of visits um, after Team USA to several schools. I think he took six visits, if I'm not mistaken, um, five official visits, one unofficial visit. And then from there, um, you know, we were able to to get him to choose LSU, you know, and um, it's a decision I knew as soon as le- as soon as he made it was going to change our team because I had a, a feel for the type of the person and definitely the type of the player. I mean, to let you know how hard we were kind of working on it, I was in North Carolina recruiting. My wife was with me and he called and and told me he was he was coming. And like my wife literally like started like crying. She was so happy. But, you know, <laughs> You know how important this was, um, and uh, yeah, and, and he completely exceeded every expectation for for what he would be. I've never seen a college pitcher dominate like that, and he was in ten months' time the unquestioned leader of our team, and that just speaks to the person and the character.
3: I'm going to cut everybody off right now. You're telling me that the kid that threw 94 at Air Force or whatever it was, you were that and in, just intrigued with him that your wife was crying, that he was coming over? (laughs) Yeah, well, I think it
1: was probably more of like, hey, I'm on the phone every second of the summer, and it was probably a 50% (laughs) chance it was with Paul Skeens or Coach Kaz or his high school coach in California talking about Paul Skeens. Um, Because, I mean, the year before, we had a great start in my first year in 2022, won 40 games, made a massive jump in the SEC standings, but we lost in a regional final and it was very clear why we lost. We had a very similar position player group to what we did this year. We just I mean we were matching up from the third inning on. Like the the Tampa Bay Rays would have been proud that we were doing the pitching. But that's yeah. how we had that's how we had to do it. But if you look at the teams that have won the national championship of the previous, you know, however many years, you have two starters that are going to go deep into the game. And I mean by the second game of the weekend, we were in the bullpen in the third inning and probably 50 or 60% of the game. So it was a massive deal, you know, that he was going to come here and and solidify at least one of those two spots. Now did I think he would do what he would do. No, Um, but we
2: knew it was important. So before we get into the on field stuff, you mentioned the, the off the field stuff and just, you know, his makeup and his approach to uh, you know, the game being a leader, his, his just, you know, just wanting to win so bad Um, the pirates, you know, not, not known for winning, right? I feel like that's kind of a mentality that we've uh, we've lacked lately. Uh, you know, our, our previous first overall pick, Henry Davis, kind of seems to have that same makeup and, and drive. But kind of go a little bit more into schemes and just how he approaches just every day getting better and uh, making his teammates better. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think the first word I would use would be
1: consistency the same person every single day uh completely obsessed with preparation in the best way possible i think it's exemplified in what he did from the last pitch of this outing to the first pitch of the next outing and that's all phases i mean if you talk about recovering his body recovering his arm the strength and conditioning piece of it the throwing uh the the one bullpen session uh getting into video writing out his own scouting report um You know, making adjustments in between innings, his routine between innings with the weighted ball stuff, all of that. I mean, this was uh, there was so much precision in that approach. There was so much attention to detail, uh, professionalism. My gut is that pitchers in the Pirates organization will watch all of that and they're going to be going like, hey, man, talk, talk to me about this. And he did that with some guys on our team and it raised the level of some of the other pitchers, which really paid dividends for us down the stretch and you look at ty floyd who was the 38th pick in the draft you know thatcher heard you know pirates might be drafting thatcher next year in the first round um those guys got better by watching paul and i think it just by being the person that he was the worker that he was it just kind of raised the standard of everybody else on our team
0: so does that mean everyone's gonna be eating chicken alfredo before every start next year <laughs> that was part of his deal, man. And if, if they pitch like that, I'll be uh yeah, we'll be
1: serving it up. That food budget for LSU baseball will be really high and uh, kick it off right up. <laughs> purchase.
0: Perfect. Well, actually one thing I want to ask you too. Um, I mean, you talked about how you looked at him being like a two-way player. I know when he was drafted and before the well, I said before the draft, really, he's talked about he wants to hit. At what point did you realize like what you have on your hands as yeah. far as a pitcher? that he became and maybe we should just leave you do that instead of hitting. Yeah. The the fall was pretty
1: impressive. I think there was one moment though, where I was like, all right, this dude's different. We were playing, we get to play two outside fall games and it was like the, it was the Sunday after LSU had beaten Alabama in football. So you can imagine what that night was like on campus. You know what I mean? The night before the next morning, we're playing a fall game against, you know, McNeese, very good program. And he start. He's going to start the game, and he went nine up, nine down, seven strikeouts, and nobody really. It seemed like they came close to making any kind of contact. And I was like, "This is this is different. Like this is this is different." And he had been hitting the entire fall, um, but we shut him down after that outing. We still had two weeks of fall baseball to go, but we had kind of pushed him a little bit because we were working on the slider. Um, you know, he'd been pretty intensive in his throwing to that point. And I wanted to give him two more weeks of what you'd call maybe deload before he started to ramping up going into the season. And during that time, we didn't have him hit during that time either. And then we, we, we built this schedule of what days he would take swings around his throwing, like for December, like on his own. And as we're doing it, I'm like, man, this guy could hit 25 bombs for us. And I'm like, I'm not really into this. Like, I'm just not feeling like this is where this thing's going. And then I'll tell you the moment for me, um, one of the inter-squad games leading into the season, and I would only let him hit against left-handed pitchers because the ball would move away from him. There was less of a chance that he would get hit. And every time he stepped in the box, I had this pit in my stomach. I was completely miserable. And honestly, we never even talked about it in my head. I was like, this dude is not hitting. (laughs) <laughs> like, Knock He's gonna be. He could be upset at me all he wants, but was I, he? I, um, you know, probably. Knowing the competitor that he is, uh, but, but he, he never was, brought up, never mentioned it. He, yeah, it, it. Never brought. But the greatest story of of the season, not the greatest story, but like we're in the top of the ninth of the final game against Florida, and it's clear he's not going in the game. We have like a twelve run lead, fourteen run lead. And so, like, I'm standing on the steps. Braden Joe Bear had just hit a homer. who had gotten drafted by the Cardinals. We're going to win the national championship. And somebody's tapping me on the shoulder from behind. I look there, and Paul's got a helmet on and a bat, like standing there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think uh, Ben Sherrington will be really upset with me if I let me go. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you? I was just going <laughs> right, to say. Right. Dude, why don't you go back down there, buddy? <laughs>
2: You'll be like, what is he doing? <laughs> um. All right. So, so obviously um just a leader off the field on the field. What, what can pirates expect?
1: I just think the consistency and performance it's because the preparation is so good that you're going to get the same guy every time you're not going to be somebody that's, you know, maybe hostage to not having his stuff one day. He's not just going to throw away the outing. He's going to continue to compete with what he has and a C plus Paul Skeens is still a quality major league starter. A plus Paul Skeens is going to win the Cy Young someday. He's going to be an All Star and a high level performer. I really believe you could put him in there right now, and he would be able to he would be able to get a major league win, perform at a high level, and and compete because the stuff is good enough. The fastball, like I was listening to all this stuff, people talking about something with the shape of his fastball. I'm like. The last game he threw, threw 40 pitches over 100 miles an hour, and seventy like five percent of those were strikes. Like, I think we're going to be okay with the fastball. The slider really developed. The changeup was already a plus pitch. And I'll tell you what I think they can look forward to is he can win in different ways. He can win with fastball command. He can win with pitching backwards, featuring the changeup or the slider. And he did that several times. I think there was two – Really good instances of that where we played Kentucky in the Super Regional. It was the second outing of, against Kentucky. And then we played Tennessee and Omaha. And it was second outing against Tennessee. And he completely attacked them differently each time. And we won all four of those games. And he might have given up three runs total in those four games.
3: So, Coach, you talk about the competitor. <laughs> I'm sure you heard the outside noise just of the pitch count with Paul Skeens and a lot of it does come from major league baseball fans of don't throw him too much because we see the value of Paul Skeens in major league baseball. What makes you comfortable going to the level that you did with him was it the offseason work? Yeah, I think
1: I think we did a good job early in the season. Like you can go back and we weren't elevating him or pushing him crazy like we had a game against Samford and I think he was kind of ticked off at me like I took him out after five because we were up like 13-0 we had an outing against South Carolina might have been his only loss or he had to get got charged with two losses um but South Carolina game we had a uh, lightning delay which we never should have started the game but you know how that goes when you play on the road and you're facing a pitcher like that um where he only threw forty-five pitches, but more impressively, he struck out eight dudes in like forty-five pitches. So we'd had a, we'd had a, a I felt like a good balance uh, early, where we weren't pushing him, and he was doing such a good job. And it was never less than six or seven days, frankly, between times that he pitched. And so we were in a good place there. We were in a good place with how he we trained. We do a ton of testing stuff on our pitchers bodies. And it's it's not just the arm, it's the lower half. And Paul has a really good delivery. So we were always checking where were his legs, where were his hips, where was his core, where was his back? So if he tested well, we knew he could move through his delivery correctly. And he was going to stay in the right arm slot, connected, linked up, whatever you want. So Paul in himself and his preparation was protecting his arm. Then we got to the NCAA tournament. I think he went 123 against Tulane um, and then in Omaha, I think he went 90-something against Kentucky. In, in Omaha, he went 120-something. And then it was, okay, if we're ever going to go on four days rest, it's to go to the finals. So we, we threw him there. There's no way he was going to let me take him out of the game. So we, we got him through eight innings, which he did a great job. And then it was the last game of the national championship. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? And I, I did not feel great. And it, he actually had tested fine, felt good. I didn't feel good about starting him. We weren't going to push the pitch count. He and I kind of worked through our process where it was 30 pitches. And he, in his, in in his way that only he can do, he said, I really want my pitches to matter. So I had thought about starting him for two innings to, you know, let him stay on his routine. But then I kind of thought, well, if we remove this guy and they know he's not a factor that would give Florida a mental edge for the rest of the game. So I kind of moved past that. He talked through, no matter when I start my routine, I will be linked up and dialed in and ready to go when you put me in the game. So then it was going to be like the sixth, the seventh, if the top of the order, you know, Wyatt Lankford is coming up, Caglione's coming up. That was a possibility. And then the goal was like save situation, eighth and ninth inning. And there was only going to be one up down, like eighth, sit down, up in the ninth. And that would have been, that would have been it. I'm really happy we scored as many runs as we did because I'll be honest, I didn't really want to pitch him knowing what was coming, you know, for, for him. So it worked out perfectly. Um, there was a little bit of, I wouldn't call it an argument, but he really wanted to be on the mound in the ninth inning. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty clear. He also wanted to hit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There you go. That's what you're getting. You're going to get a guy that wants to compete and win every, every pitch of every inning of every game.
2: Good stuff. Well, I know um I know I know you had 15 20 minutes but we, we kept you a little bit past that the 21 minutes but uh, really really appreciate you coming on here. Uh, we're we're really excited about uh, about having Paul Skeens in the organization and and yeah, we, we can't wait for him to fly through the minors and get to uh, PNC Park as soon as possible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's uh he's ready and and you can't get a better and this is no disrespect to anybody that's the best player on the Pirates now or big leader. I mean, you can't get a better face of the franchise uh, type person and player. I mean, he's special on the mound, uh, off the field. You all see it in short order of how different uh, Paul is. And, uh, you know, they they absolutely made a great choice in in drafting him number one.
0: Excellent stuff. Well, Coach, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap this up. We'll get out of here.